0: Welcome to Boating Industry Insider, where we talk to executives, thought leaders, and movers and shakers from both inside and outside the marine industry. Now, here's your host, David G. Let's talk boat building, shall we? I am David G., host of Boating Industry Insider. Welcome back to another edition. Joining us as well champion water skier, good friend, serial boat building entrepreneur from Supra, Moomba, Gecko, Montero, and now Anthem Marine. It is boating industry contributor Mark Overby. Welcome to the show, Mark.
1: David, it's great
0: to see you. Great to hear from you today. I'm excited to uh, talk with you. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather us be, we're just talking about before we uh, started the recording about being in the slalom course. I'd rather rather be on a boat making some turns, but uh, but this will have to do. So talk about uh, the season so far, what 2023 has been like from a boat builder's perspective. Uh, good, bad, and ugly. Hopefully more good than ugly, but uh, give us a summary of what it's like so far.
1: Yeah, David, I think there's a lot of perspectives out there from a boat builder You know, we try and level load our production like every other boat builder does. And we're seeing that there's a lot of apprehension in the field on the wholesale side because there's a lot of inventory that's still currently available. And so it's pushing dealers commitments off maybe a little later than we'd like and certainly later than we've seen in the last few years. So I think dealers are still optimistic and it's not a brutal scenario by any stretch. And I would tell you that it's probably back to pre-COVID levels. You know, the other thing that we're seeing is that there's certainly been an evolution with pricing being where it is today with all boats. And our boats are certainly very expensive. And it's caused, well, it's caused a a lot of friction at dealerships because it's been really easy the last few years. COVID and the shortage of inventory made it super simple for a lot of dealers. They really didn't have to work that hard. It's essentially, it's like, hey, if you have a product, it's going to sell. And now with an abundance of inventory, with manufacturers catching up on production, it's created the pendulum swinging in the other direction. And it's created really a requirement for dealers to sharpen their game and get better at selling, be better at more professional tactics. And especially since products are expensive now, that upscale buyer has a higher expectation level. So the dynamics of the business are certainly evolving. But Listen, we've seen this before. This is a cyclical and a seasonal business, and it's it's always in flux. Uh,
0: it is it is a good reminder to kind of get back to basics and and you know do those things that that maybe we kind of forgot about or, or uh, didn't have time for during the pandemic. But uh, I want to talk about also about about price. I know that I. I said several years ago, I, I was, you know, at boat shows, and I was listening to people talk about the ever increasing price of boats, whatever pontoon center consoles, wake sport, you know, water sport boats, whatever. And I mentioned that to the to the CEO of a, of a boat building company that just had premiered their first not six figure towboat, but a, a one that went over $200,000 and he said hey sure. what can i tell you uh everybody wants touch screens everybody wants high end audio everybody wants the accoutrements everybody wants these things that are that are very expensive so i don't feel like we're driving it i feel like the customers driving it no oh, by the way we have a waiting list for that over $200,000 boat so it my argument was kind of falling on deaf ears but have we have we gotten to the point where we are pricing out a, a significant Part
1: of the market. You ask the question: Are we getting there? Oh, I think we, I think we <laughs> passed that point. We we're are there, <laughs> there. and so the I don't think account. there's any yeah. question about it. I look at our product and go: I'm aging myself. I remember building boats when they had a dealer wholesale price in the thirty thousand dollar range, and there was just a certain amount of whining going. Good lord, that's expensive. Now our boats range from two hundred to two hundred and forty thousand dollars a dealer wholesale, and the difference is the dealers that we're doing business with go that's. I get it. It is expensive, but I understand it. And our competitors, at least in our space, are also in that same price range. So it's not like we're plowing new ground and expecting dealers to swallow a, a massive price point. I mean, we are, but the, it's where the market is today. And I look at the tow sport space where we are and the pontoon space, which we also have a an entree in, and when I did some research recently and looked at the number of pontoons that were selling between two and three hundred thousand dollars, it was staggering. There are at least fifteen builders that are building a number of boats in that space, and I also had a dealer that uh, we recently saw, signed, and he said, "Mark, he goes, two years ago we didn't sell any pontoons over two hundred thousand. Last summer I sold thirty of them, and next summer I expect to sell fifty. And so the market is." absolutely evolving it's it's price-wise it's to some degree you might look at it and go you know where is the end of this are you bullish on on the future of the recreational boating industry
0: in you know particularly as as against that backdrop or through that lens of of an ever increasingly expensive sport
1: yeah it, it certainly concerns me as a microcosm of that and and i know you subscribe to the same passion for water sports that i do and you see these activities like water skiing, for example, there's still a hardcore group of people that live and breathe it. Maybe like myself, who ski every day. And I see that beautiful board in the background. So you're even if you're not doing it, you're thinking about it. And you, and you perceive yourself as part of that culture. But if we look at the business side of it and the metrics, it absolutely concerns me. And at the end of the day, human beings do like being near the water. And people do like boating. So the question is, What's going to change? It isn't like it's going to be like some sports that just go away and don't ever revive themselves. I I don't think that's going to happen with boating, but it's going to change. And I look at it through the lens of the the segment that I know well, that would be in the tow sports market. And so maybe we're going to be down around ten thousand units in new boat sales. But you know, if I'm a builder that's looking at saying, hey, if I'm building 15 to 20 boats a day, and I got to find homes for all those, not only dealers, but ultimately with retail customers, I'm a lot more concerned with that scenario, maybe than somebody who's building a fewer number of boats. And so I remember when I started with Gecko, and we were building uh, boats every day, and we're doing it in California. And we looked at the production calendar, David, and just said, well, hey, there's 220 building days a year. And if we're going to build three or four boats a day, let's whatever that number was let's let's just do that and then subsequently we went out and then found homes for those boats today we look at it through a very very different lens we look at it and say well what will the market bear and so if if that number just for the sake of of easy math is to say well i think that uh i have x number of dealers and i can sell uh 200 boats that's roughly a boat a day for production i'm going to go back and i am going to build what i know i can sell it isn't it isn't the opposite of that and so it's changed the the dynamics of production dramatically and so i think you see a lot more builders today building to what they believe their perceived real demand is as opposed to uh more artificial hey what do i think i can sell today and and let's just go build a bunch of boats and then find homes for them and because the cost of boats has gotten so expensive having unsold inventory is is not cool it costs a lot of money it gets dated easily and it becomes a drag on your business because then you're in a reactive mode as opposed to a proactive mode so i think that the business has changed in a in monumental ways that maybe the consumer doesn't necessarily see Mm -hmm. but on the inside it's uh it's a very different place today yeah i mean
0: you look at corollaries to the home building industry and and what it costs for you know a builder to build a spec home and you know have it sit unsold and and the cost of goods and everything else uh you know that's uh increasingly a thing of the past you mentioned kind of in passing uh i want to call uh our listeners attention to it and that is how we love being near the water there is a book by wallace j nichols Called Blue Mind, the surprising science that shows how being near, in, on, or underwater can make you happier, healthier, more connected, and better at what you do. So, if you have not read that book, I highly encourage it because, uh, yeah, everybody in the boating business should understand why we love boating so much. Among other reasons, uh, there is some uh, neuroscience and, and some research behind that. So, let's go back to to. David, 2020. I, I got. I got
1: yeah. to comment on that because you're right. I, I am a believer. I've read the book and I absolutely believe it. And I, uh, I water ski with my kids every day in the summer. And that's not an exaggeration. And I got to tell you, there's not a day that we're out there that doesn't produce huge smiles and just a perpetual great time and, and awesome memories. And I was out with my daughter and my son-in-law just yesterday. And it was a glorious day. But the winds were howling. Mm-hmm. And your average skier might go man it's way too windy but we took the opportunity just to go out be on the water and enjoy it and i gotta tell you every time when we're putting the boat away everybody's in a happier mood the world is a better place and whatever happens after that you you carry that enthusiasm and and brighter dynamic into everything that happens so it's i yeah hey i'm an absolute believer and i think that boat builders and people in the marine space retailers and everybody else included got to be able to capitalize on that because at the end of the day we're selling an experience more so than a product
0: yeah we, and it is it is a business uh you know you have to to make a profit on uh, at every level of the business but it is something to be mindful of and i think sometimes we all can forget that at its heart is something i remember when we first met you say hey uh you know, it it I sell fun. I, you were the, one of the first people in the boat building business to tell me that, and you said, "Hey, I know I know life insurance guys. I know dentists. I, I know you know. Hats off to all those people, but uh, I don't look forward to going to the dentist. I don't look forward to you know buying life insurance policy. But people look forward to doing business with me, and that's that's a blessing and fun. And you've carried that through, you know, all these decades later. And and I, I think we do kind of lose sight of the fact that that we are, you know, providing a a conduit to make memories and and that we are selling fun. And and uh yeah, we should we should all think about that every every day that we get to go to work in and around in and around the water. Cause it is it is absolutely a blessing, isn't it? It's a blessing to be a fun merchant any way you slice it. <laughs> well let's go back to 2023 so uh your biggest surprises biggest challenges of of this selling season so far Mark
1: well it's caused us to hone our game you know we're yeah. it, it, with the anthem project it's it's relatively new so we're early in our life cycle and it's causing us to continue to hone our brand we've got multiple patents where we've got a couple more that are coming and so we've really focused on trying to take a uh, a customer centric approach. And I got to tell you, maybe I'm a slow learner and I, I look at this and go in years gone by, I built a really cool product, maybe for skiing or boating or what have you. And then we went out and sold it and said, Hey, Mr. Consumer, Mr. Dealer, here's my product. I think you should buy it. And I know you're going to have fun with it. We have flipped the, the, the script on this to say, Hey, what are the problems in boating? What is it that people have struggled with and and where do they find, you know, headaches, and so, with Anthem, for example, we have a number of patented items like the boat opens up on the sides and the front so that you can just get in it easily. We have a ballast system that fills and drains in three minutes. And this is not meant to be an ad for Anthem. What I'm sharing with you is I think to succeed in the future, you have to transition your business to be a customer centric business. You got to solve his problems, you got to look at the world through his eyes and walk a mile in his shoes and say, what is it that I'm going to do that's going to be impactful in his life to change his experience? So he goes, yeah, I want that. And especially when you're talking to high net worth individuals, which every boat builder today is, is talking to because that's the nature of where we are today. That guy who's getting out of a Mercedes Benz or an Audi, or maybe even a Ferrari or Lambo or what have you, he's got money. And that also brings choices and choices are vacations or other forms of entertainment, or homes, or activities, or whatever it is that provide him with a scope of alternatives. And so by elevating the customer experience in such a way that makes him feel like, hey, I understand you, I understand what your activities are, and I have the solution to improve your life, that's the way the business has to be. And, and that's the way. so that's the way we're approaching it. And so we've tried to reframe and hone our messaging in ways that make it easy for the dealer to go. When that client walks through the door, I understand what his needs are and I can help solve them. And I know that sounds really simplistic, but the momentum in the industry has not been that way. It has not been customer centric. It's been, Hey, I deal. If you're a dealer, I'm dealing with boat builders who just really want to give me a product and say, good luck to you. And so becoming a good partner as a builder means not only providing an innovative product that's exciting to sell and is inspiring but helping with training, helping with sales, providing tools for in-store and every touch point that a dealer might need to be successful. So I know I hit on a number of things but we're trying to get smarter and do better and become really trying to become a partner that a boat builder or a, a retailer says, hey there's a boat builder, that we want to do business with because they offer more than just a solid product. Become a trusted advisor. That's
0: what, uh, that's what, you know, the journey many of us are on, right? That's the, the, the status we want to have. Exactly. I heard from, uh, a dealer who was, who was grumbling about, he said, Hey, I've, I've got unsold 2023 inventory. And, you know, one of my lines is, you know, busy shoving, new 2024 boats you know kind of down the pipeline down my throat uh what i mean how do we get to this situation and uh from the perspective of a boat builder
1: uh what are some of the the remedies for it you just you just you just whacked one of my hot nerves and because i have i just recently had this conversation with a with a dealer and it's a guy i know and love and trust and i You know, he's sitting on inventory, not necessarily ours, but he's he is sitting on an abundance of inventory that's making him fearful. And it's making my life tougher because he sold our product, made great margins, but he doesn't want to buy much more because he's his financial capacity is is compromised. And in some cases, he said, well, hey, Mark, you know, maybe maybe if he gave me more leads and in his case, I actually happened to give him some some actual buyers that were bona fide. Uh, hot leads that wanted the boats, but I think what he was really saying is I'm struggling and I need traffic and I need to sell more inventory. And I think there are two two components to this. Number one, you got to have floor traffic, and number two, you got to have qualified leads. And at the end of the day, how do you get qualified leads? I think that's that is the the root of the problem. And because I'm going to say something bluntly, but I think that because our business is seasonal it gets so chaotic in a dealership that most dealers open the front door and expect the business to flow in. And they get so consumed with the day-to-day activities that they're working in the business more so than on it. And yeah. so when I talked to this particular dealer, I'm I'm like, what are you doing to generate leads? And he really didn't have much for activities that he could point to other than saying, well, you know, I drive the boat around and we do show up at a few events and what have yeah. you. But I looked at the car business, David, and um, 90 plus percent of the car business is driven by organic leads and leads that come through marketing activities predominantly on the internet. And when you study alternative industries that have to focus on moving inventory, like the car business, you learn some things that are not being implemented in the marine business. And a dealership's got to take ownership of attracting leads in his market. And and without getting into the details on that, uh, I mean, I'll leave it at that, but there are plans. There's, there are plenty of ways to take the mystery out of developing leads and looking at it from a statistical standpoint, as opposed to crossing your fingers and hoping somebody's going to show up or blaming the weather or whatever. You gotta, you gotta own it and go, Hey, I gotta generate leads. And there are many ways to do that. But once you do that, then you go, um, you know, I, for example, in the luxury car business, those guys statistically need to generate 133 qualified leads every month to meet their numbers. And when you look at it that way and say, well, if I need to sell 10 boats a month or 100 boats a month, then you can say, well, I have to have a number of qualified leads. And a qualified lead is a guy that's capable of buying, not just a guy that's expressed interest. So, in any case, I, it's, We just got to get more sophisticated on what's really happening. And I think there are certain groups out there. uh, I'll throw my hat to MRAA and your product and all the other guys that are out there that are able to provide dealerships with tremendous insights and experience and depth of tools to be able to say, hey, you got to become a better retailer, and we can help with that process. Your, your Elevate program, David, is is brilliant, and and more people need to participate. Yeah. Last question. I know
0: that the time has gone by super fast. It always does. But uh, talk about twenty twenty four. What are you looking forward to? What are you not looking forward to? Uh, challenges, opportunities. W- what's your feeling about the uh, the selling season ahead of us?
1: Well, for us specifically, we're, we're about to introduce a new 26 foot boat and some other innovations. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, we got a couple more patents that we're re- really excited about that are game changers. These aren't things like bow lights, they're actual features <laughs> on the boats that change the boating experience. So internally, we're pretty excited about that. I, externally, you know, I look at ways to get more involved in the industry and, and try to help. I mean, we are expanding our partnership as I pointed to earlier, to try and get more in bed with dealers to help them be more successful in the field. I gotta be able to feel like we're doing more to help dealers by helping them with marketing, with branding, with salesmanship, with helping them to become more professional dealers because we win in in helping them to do that. So and to you know to point to what you talked to earlier, I, I am bullish about the future. It's it's gonna change. It's gonna be you know, there will be wins and there's going to be some losses, but it's it's long-term. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about where we're headed. Absolutely.
0: Well, that is a really good place to leave it. Our thanks to Mark Overby, boating enthusiast, boat lover, serial boater, water sports competitor associated with Supra, Mumba, Gecko, Montero, and now Anthem Marine, as he said. thanks for uh, Thanks for being along on this edition of Boating Industry Insider, Mark.
1: Hey, David, you're a great friend. I really appreciate the opportunity and love what you're doing. And thanks for letting me be a part of it. And thanks to you for listening as well. I'm David G.,
0: host of Boating Industry Insider. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. We'll see you on the water. So long, everyone. Bye-bye.